Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Well, we're going to finish up this series on the unleavened bread of the end times. I trust that you have learned something and bless God that you will study this material and uh, over and over again because as I said, so much of it, uh, you're not going to get the first time. The, the, the way this came was by the Spirit, and the way you're going to have to dig into it and get it out is going to be a piece at a time, and, and I know that. But it does work, and again, I, uh, I just uh, 
am real thrilled with the way some of you, most of you in this room, are studying. That, that's one of the keys. And, you know, you, from the very beginning, eight, nine years ago, whatever that's been, I've never really sat down and tried to figure it out. I'm sure Donna probably knows how many days within that period it's been, but I don't. Uh, it's been the same, you know, it's been the same thing. You have to learn to study. You have to learn to pray. And you've definitely got to fast, okay? And, 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 and it's working, right? I, watching your lives change is probably the, the biggest thing in, for me as your prophet. And, uh, of course, I get to watch you change in, this, in the spirit world, uh, and which brings it over into the carnal world. And some, some of the unlovely has become lovely. Okay. Hallelujah. Turn with me in Isaiah 58 this morning, the ninth verse. Isaiah 58, 9. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, what's the yoke? The sin. The putting forth of the finger, what's that? Judgment. And speaking vanity, things that are not the truth about God's holy word. Okay? Like there's no Sabbath, and there's no festivals, and there's no new moon, and goes on and on. But what I loved about it is the way it started out. Then, then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. You cry out, okay? He's going to be there. He's going to answer. When you get to the point where you know that God is hearing you, uh, most of you probably in this room remember me telling the story that I don't know how many years ago now, several but finally, the angel of the Lord God uh, came to me and said, you've now become the friend of God. I thought, well, I've been a friend, sure, I, well, I've been a friend all this time. But what he was refer referring to was the cleansing process had now maybe not completely finished, but it was 99.9. .9. And, you know, and I, I, I thought, wow, it took that long just to be his friend. And then the angel said, from this point on, what you speak, the Lord God will perform. Whatever you speak, the Lord God will honor. And I thought, wow. I, you know, I'm now his, now his friend, and now I'm going to, you know. But it took years to do that. And that process of which I'm teaching you, okay, and I'm not, I'm not advocating in any way that, that uh, you know, that the end of this is going to be that you'll, whatever you say, God's going to honor. But... Really, as we study this, and we're going to get into this a bit this morning again, you're going to find out something. You get to that point, whatever it is you have need of and ask, it will be done. And really, that's the same thing, isn't it? Can you imagine coming to the place where whatever you ask, God is going to do it? Huh? And I can well say this morning that uh, there's no one out here sitting here today that could stand up and say, oh, that's what happens to me. Because if you did, we'd cast that spirit of lying out of you. Because it takes years. And folks, I was just as naive about this thing as, as you have or you are. Okay? You know, I just thought, boy, once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, this thing was over. No, it just begun. It just begun. Let's go down to the 10th verse. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, uh-oh, and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. Now, there again, we're going to have to understand that the Lord God said, what did he say? He said, uh, depart from me, your workers of iniquity. i I never known you. And they said, but have we, you know. He said, you, had, you didn't feed the people when they were hungry. You didn't take, you know, right down the line. And, and there again, this is all part of this coming up to the place of, where this uh, chapter will lead us. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. Okay? The Lord shall guide thee continually. 11th verse. If, in fact, these other things are taken care of, these other commands. So everything is down. And, and I really liked up in, up in that uh, uh, 11th verse where it came right down to, you know, the fact of putting forth the finger. And that's, this is what's wrong with you and what's wrong with this and, Judging, okay? And he says, and again, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought, when times things don't seem to be working very well, and make 
Make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old places, the old waste places. Now he's talking about us now, talking about the end times. And thou shalt raise up foundations of many generations. That's big time stuff. And thou shalt be called, now listen, the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. The many, you know, the foundation of many generations are going to be raised up. We're about to do that. We are the repairer of the breach. We're the ones that, in other words, the holes that get, you know, if there was a levee, and if you know anything about levees, and we have them around here because we have the Wabash River, not nearly the size of the Mississippi or the Ohio, but when it floods, that, 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 the levees hold that back. Now, when there's a breach in there, every once in a while there is, then that lets the water through, okay? Now, the repair of this spiritual breach is that we are going to repair, we're going to repair the dike, if you will, the levee, so the sin doesn't come in. Now, that can't, see, that can't be done with one person. That has to be done collectively with us all. Again, it goes back to what God uh, uh, said about the fact that, you know, told Moses, if they sin, take them outside the camp and stone them. The thing and the key, I believe you're going to go here through, <laughs> I will leave here this weekend today with, is to understand God does not tolerate sin. We are going to come out of our sins. Now, the same in, please. Amen. Thank you. Let's go on. Within all this, let's go to 1 Kings 17, 17. 1 Kings 17, 17. Now, it says in the 17th verse, And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. He was dead. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call thy, my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Now, this, number one, did she know she was in sin? Absolutely. But she thought that he had come, okay, uh, to uh, bring your sin and telling her her sin or sins and bless God uh, to kill her boy. Nineteen. And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his, his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. Now, did we just not read that when everything gets put right, you could cry unto the Lord? Hmm? That's what Elijah was doing. Okay? Now, did the Lord God hear him? Now, listen, 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber under the house, delivered him unto his mother, and Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Now, did this boy die because of her sin? No, absolutely not. But what if Elijah, which she had been very good to, took him in at that time, what if Elijah wasn't there? He'd still be dead, okay? But because Elijah was there and light... Now listen again. Prophets have to fulfill this thing just like you do. Elijah had to come to the place where he could call upon the Lord, ask what he would, and God would hear him. That's, you know, when I go through the thing with prayer, that's most of, most of the reason why God's not hearing your prayers is because you're in sin, okay? There's, there's just some things that God will not, will not hear, doesn't hear. And then you get to this thing saying, well, you know, every time I pray, God hears me. Yes, yes, yes. Unless he looks and there's sin, then he just kind of turns that, that prayer off and it never reaches him at all. But he cried. He cried unto the Lord and the Lord heard him. That is where I and God want you to come to. Where that when you cry out unto the Lord God, he hears you, he will answer, and he will perform for you that which you are crying out for. 
I'm certain that it breaks God's heart to see through the generations how many people have needed help. How many people that have cried out to him. And, and see, God cannot defile himself. I, there's no doubt in my heart that God does not, does not want to fulfill every prayer of every, everyone that he has created. And he's created everybody. But he, he can't unless they do what? They comply with the rules. Now, who does he entrust the rules with? It's the prophets. And that's the reason these prophets, you know, were, you know, <laughs> like old bulldogs. Because we know. We know that you're not going to get anywhere with God until you conform to this word. We know that. And brothers and sisters, I've been in this thing a long, long time. And I've never seen anybody get the first base without conforming to this word. There are benefits, okay? There's blessings for God to hear you when you cry, when you pray out. First Kings 18, the 19th verse. First Kings 18, 19. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. Hey, there's my town. I know you've heard me say a old prophet one time introduced me and he said now I'm going to tell you something if you don't know anything about prophet Deckard you can know he's a real prophet because he comes from Mount Carmel he said by the way that's where real prophets come from (laughs) yeah well there's been a lot of real prophets and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the groves 400 850 which eat at Jezebel's table So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow Baal, or follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. That's not encouraging to a prophet. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I alone, remain a prophet. Of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give unto us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. Uh, uh, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Notice he said, "Call on your gods." Huh? Huh? Call the name of your Lord. Oh, no. He's going to call the name of his Lord. I'm sorry. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Well, you know, these people have never seen uh, anything consumed before, probably at that point, by the, by the prophet. He, he is the prophet of fire, or he was known to be that. The challenge that he brought forth. Now, you know, that takes pretty bold. That takes somebody that knows God. That takes somebody that's walked with God to be able to say, okay, here's one. And and whose God will answer by fire? Then we're going to know who's God. In other words, he says, let's put an end to this stuff. Let's put an end to this vanity that, that, that most of Israel at that point was living in. So they gathered all of Israel. Okay, there they all were. And bless God, <laughs> he says, here's the way we're going to do this, boys. And so everybody began to conform. Okay, and Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourself and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of your gods and put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called it on, uh, and called, I'm sorry, on the name of Baal, from morning even until noon. St. Obel, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or preadventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. Preadventure. 
And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. So did they prophesy? Yeah, they prophesied. You know, the things of darkness, and, and, and I've, dear God in heaven, I'll tell one quick story about, uh, I have dealt with witch doctors, with uh, Hindu high priests, uh, you name it, I've, through the years of traveling, I've, I've run into them. And they believe that they're right. Okay, well, obviously they wouldn't be whatever it is they, you know, they, they, they are. But in regard, and, and the whole thing so neat with, with Elijah, he knew his God. He knew what his God would do. And these, these uh, prophets of Baal, they were absolutely stupid enough to think that their God was about to answer them. Now, what do you suppose they had seen their God do? Nothing. He can't do anything. Nothing. So what makes people like that follow after that? I'll tell you what it is. Somebody had to preach. Somebody had to say, oh, this is right. That over there, this living God thing is wrong. People in general are followers. They will follow after anything. And it's very easy for us to see that here today in the world we live in. So they lined up, and like I said, they had 450 you know, prophets of, of Baal. And so this thing was going on, okay, 31st. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And the, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. What he's doing here, obviously, is making very, very certain that nobody could come up with it. Well, I'll tell you what happened, okay? It was going to be undeniable. He was even going to, you know, flood that that bullock with water. And he said, do it the second time. Now he's making real sure, isn't he? And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that there art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. Wouldn't you? Huh? And they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. He's the one. We're sat but now listen, was Israel satisfied that He was the one up until then? Uh uh. Or they would that wouldn't have been there. It's just been a story. But no, now all of Israel's saying but what did it take in order for them to believe that? It took fire coming down and doing what I just read. And then all of a sudden, the Lord, he's God. Hey, Joe, he's actually God. It took a demonstration of the power of Almighty God. It took that. And, uh, I, I, you know, I always get, I've always loved, even long before I realized what my place was and the spirit that I carry from God on this earth. Always loved to read about Elijah. 
You know, I mean, this guy used that fire quite, <laughs> quite, quite well, didn't he? And, uh, and I was saying, I, you know, I, I, to be confronted by darkness, and I've been confronted all over this world. I recall a time when I was in India, and, and I, I don't know, there was five, 6,000 people in that meeting, which relatively was small to a lot of those meetings we had in India, and, and especially in Africa, got large. But uh, over off the side, okay, from here to probably... Uh, just where the cars would park alongside the synagogue, uh, there was this Hindu high priest, and he was screaming. Now, I've got a microphone. And he's screaming, and the volume of his scream was as loud as my microphone. I'm, I'm wanting to go, turn it up, boys, turn it up. And so it went on. And the people, now you've got to remember, the, 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 the main religion of India is Hinduism. In fact, let me tell you something. When a staunch... Hindu has anybody in their family turn to Christianity, there's more than a little good chance that when they come home, they will take them outside of their home. They will douse them with kerosene and set them on fire and watch them die. Do you pay the price? Huh? When you become a Christian, was there, a, was there just that could happen when you went home? Let me tell you something. You, want to, you don't want to talk about people and places in the world like that. They count the cost. They count the cost. Can you imagine? But you see, that's how much they believe in their God. That's how much they believe that, bless God, that everything is, is you know, that's just the way it is. You, you go take on another, you come back to, you have to be burnt. Does it hurt? I'm sure it would hurt the father in the mother's heart. May never get over that hurting. But hey, hey. That's exactly what our God says. Hmm, dumb, right? And so after a while, it got so ridiculous because I could tell that the people, instead of looking this way, they were all looking that way. I thought, well, I'm not getting anywhere here with this. And besides, in those countries, you, you know, again, you have to... India has, I forget how many dialects, but whole bunches of them. The people 100 miles down the road uh, can't even speak to the people that or that 100 mile in the, that, that other direction. And so I, I've got this interpreter up there, so I walk over to the interpreter, and I told him, I said, I said, I want you to be very, very certain that you uh, understand, and if you don't, you tell me. Uh, so I'll reiterate this thing to you. So anyway, I just uh, I, I got over the end, edge of this, uh, the, the, the stage area, and I uh, leaned out, and I said, Hey! And I yelled about three times because, oh, he was a praying and a carrying on, you know. Oh, I mean, it, it did remind me a whole lot of these uh, <laughs> false prophets of Baal. I mean, he, he was flat into what he was doing. So I finally got, I finally got his attention, and I said, uh, I said, tell him, through the interpreter, I said, tell him to come up here and let's find out if his God is alive. Now, this sounds, I know, just like that, and... Probably, I didn't think of it at the time and didn't plan it to be similar to this. But the fact of it was, I know who my God is, and I know that their God's dead. Okay, I know that. So anyway, the interpreter says that to come up on the stage, and what I said was, let's see whose God is God. Let's come up here and see. And, and so the fool came up there. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, God, I'm telling you, <laughs> when you believe, you believe. All right. I, I wish we had. Well, I wish we had a lot of the Christians and it just in the United States that had the kind of belief that those kind of people have in in the living God, of course. So he comes up there, and I tell the interpreter, I says, "Now, you stood over there on the side and run your mouth and interrupted this service, and now we're going to find out." Whose God be God? Now, if, if your God is the true God, then I'm going to give up my God and, and serve your God. But if, in fact, that if my God happens to be God and your God isn't God, I'd strongly suggest that you uh, get on my side of the fence. And so this done through the interpreter, and, and he was shaking his head. And so there was a... There was a, a, a man that, had, uh, that was so crippled 
that, that you know, they don't have wheelchairs in places like that. But this man was so crippled that he, they had a pole that he actually pulled himself along, okay? He had to pull, and then he'd take a step and pull himself and pull himself. And I said, that man, I said, bring, bring the brother forward. And so they brought him forward, and they finally took a while to get him up on the stage, and he got up on the stage, and, and so I got, had him in the middle there, and I told the interpreter, I said, now, I said, tell the Hindu high priest that to pray that his God heal this man. Now, when he told him that, this Hindu high priest, he looked up, and, and, and you could see in his face he wasn't real sure. <laughs> Obviously, because he had never seen his God do anything. Probably had heard, but never seen. And so he goes to praying. And he goes to praying. And it was hot, and he went to sweating big time. <laughs> huh? And so I'm standing back, and I'm watching the people. Now, again, most all of these people at one point in time, were Hindu, okay? And so they're carrying on, carrying on, and, and, uh, and so I finally got enough of it, and I walked over, and I said, uh, the interpreter, I said, I said, uh, tell, tell the old boy that uh, it's time to quit. His God's dead. So, and, and of course, when he's saying this, the whole, the whole crowd is hearing it. And so, anyway, he quit. And I said, uh, now tell this Hindu high priest that the living God, Yahweh, is about to let this man run back and forth on this stage. His eyes got big. Because now you see he's running himself <laughs> away from his religion. He doesn't know it, but he's not nearly as sure as he was over there running his mouth off before I got him up there. So I laid up hands upon him, called on the, the God the creator of all things. And uh, sure enough, bless God, the guy threw that, and it was just a stick that cut out of a tree branch or something, and he began to walk. Then, bless God, he began to run back and forth. Then, bless God, he began to jump up and down. This old high, this, this priest, he was all the way over to the end. Of, I thought he was going to fall off the stage. <laughs> he, you know, he's watching that. So it got over, and I asked the fellow to, you know, to go back to his place where he was at. And so the high Hindu priest, he was still standing there. And I, I said unto him, I said, now whose God is alive, your God or my God? He wouldn't answer. I said, whose God is worthy to carry on about and to glorify, your God or my God? He didn't answer. I said, are you dead? <laughs> he said, no. And then he looked at the people. He said, I have never seen such a thing as this. I never knew that there existed a God that could do this. He said of a truth, my God can't do this. Now, I have seen hundreds upon hundreds of Witches, high priests all over the world, bless God, uh, witch doctors actually give themselves to, to Christ right there on the spot. I was told later, the next time I about every year I'd return to lots of those places, and I was told a year later that he did. Now, I never got to meet him. I asked if, I, if, they, if they could see him, but, you know, as I said, that, that, you know, it's hard sometimes to draw a crowd unless you're a big-time television evangelist here in America, but uh, that, that crowd of whatever it was was got to be well over 20, 25,000 people. And there was no way to, to you know, to, to, to look upon that. But, uh, yeah, there, his God was dead. But I found something out. Through the demonstration of the power of God, that is the thing that turns people. Talk, listen to me, talk is cheap. But when you start demonstrating the power of God, hmm, then the talk stops, something has to happen, doesn't it? Now, the prophets of Baal, talk was cheap, wasn't it? They got so frantic that they got cutting themselves and even bleeding. <laughs> Have a little blood, my God. Mm -hmm. Still didn't work, did it? 
But this God that we serve, he is a mighty God. And, and, and you know, with Elijah being, the, being the, uh, the prophet of fire, he wasn't backward about it either, was he? I mean, you find that, you know, he brought fire down that, that killed people and everything else. And that kind of power is returned, okay? And it's going to be more and more prevalent as time goes by. I, I think it was a couple summers ago, I go, we live in the country, and I, so I'm outside, and, and hardly anybody ever drives by. And I'm out there wandering around praying, and, and I said to the Lord, God, I said, I said, you know, Lord, I, I would sure like to see fire come out. Uh, come down out there in that field. And immediately, I didn't even get it out of my mouth. And that angel said, not now. <laughs> I would like to practice a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> said, Prophet, you really did. Oh, yeah. See, my place isn't any different than anybody else's. You know what I'm saying? No, not going to practice the day that it happens, and it will. It will happen. All right, let's go to Matthew 3.11. 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Of course, that's the Lord. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garden, excuse me, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Okay, the fire is on its way, folks. What's this about? It's about purging. It is about purging. It is about purging. But when the Baptist said, he, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, how many in this room has got the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. You also have the fire. You have the fire of God in you. It's there. You mean I'm going to one day call? I don't know about that part, but it's there. And it's unquenchable in the fact that you have obtained that from this living God and that it will burn, it will cleanse. Whether it is the words coming out of your mouth that's going to cleanse or whether, in fact, it's a powerful, powerful thing that God does through you that can so, so be seen, okay? But, you know, uh, with the visions that have come for so many years, the one vision that I saw that pertained to the day that we're now stepping into, I saw them landing an airplane, which I happen to unfortunately know a lot about, Oh, I'm not a fan of airplanes. I'm not a fan. Uh, from here, it takes 16 hours in the air to, to get to Madras, India. So next time you get on an airplane, you want to gripe a little bit. You just think about that. Whew. Didn't think a thing was ever going to land. But anyway, they just landed in the, into an airport. I didn't know what airport they was landing in. And bless God, they stopped the airplane. Okay, the people got off. And then they began to unload coffins, dead people. And I don't know if there was four or five or six. I don't remember now just exactly how many. And bless God, the next thing I knew, now I had not seen anybody raised from the dead at that point. At this point, I've seen three. And, and so, I, you know, and all of a sudden in the vision, here comes old Deckard walking out. I'm going, what? <laughs> and I walk over, and bless God, they open up the caskets, I laid my hands upon them, and the Lord God said, Command the Spirit to come back into them. And I'd never heard anything quite like that, you know. So anyway, I'd done what God done. And all of whatever was there got out of the caskets, got back on the airplane. The airplane took off and went, on, went home. Me, I'm going and the angel said, and so shall it be in the last day. Now listen, then the vision went a little bit further. I saw children calling back spirits that were dead, or the bodies were dead. 
And I saw the dead with children, eight, ten-year-old kids. Rise in the name of the Lord Yeshua. I was watching them come up from the dead. My Lord and my God, brothers and sisters, you have no idea what's coming to this earth. The power of this living God is about to live in us. And that's the reason this prophet is doing everything I can do to get you to understand how you're going to get there and what it's going to take for you to get there. Everyone in this room, every person, every child, everyone in that back room that's watching by television back there, God's going to use you in a mighty way. Why? Who else is he going to use? One prophet's not going to be. If one prophet was enough, then, then God probably already got this thing done. It's not. Just like I was telling the brothers, this is not a one-man show. This is a God show, all right? And God wants to work through you. But again, you can call upon him. You can cry unto him. And he's not going to hear a thing until you do what? Clean yourselves up. Get the sin out of your life so God can use you. Some of you sitting here today, if in fact you can only know. See, I'm a little sneaky, okay? I'm a little sneaky. Um, when this anointing comes on me, now see, I very seldom look at your faces when I minister, okay? Because when the, when the anointing is heavy, like it was last night, then I only see just about halfway to those doors. Because it, it, it's like a cloud. I'm sure it is, the glory cloud. Now, that glory cloud I, I has physically appeared to me once in this sanctuary years and years ago. But anyway, but where I'm at now, I, can, I, can, I know so much because God reveals to me. Now, while I'm up here ministering, God's looking around and looking around, and here's Mark, and I know Mark, and, 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 and the Lord, not he hasn't, but in relationship to being anybody, he'd say, you need to pray for Mark because this, 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 and this. And I'm going, really? Now, folks, that don't just stop with Mark. By the time I go home this afternoon, I have got enough to pray about and intercede for your life it's going to keep me busy, busier than I would like to have to be. So please get this stuff put together. <laughs> Help the old prophet out, all right. Be one less person that I'm going to have to do without food and pray for, okay? Because let me tell you why. When you get this thing put together, then you're going to be somebody that's going to be praying, interceding, fasting for somebody else. So let's get on with the program. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, this thing, I said, is going to be a purging and a cleansing process to get rid of everything. Say everything. everything. That's not according to the perfect will of God. Everything. And, and, and that's the reason I said, to become holiness, holy and righteous, there can't be any sin. I can remember those years ago hearing the Lord God for probably the first, I've read it many times, but probably really hearing it, be ye holy as I am holy. I thought, well, that's just one of those, you know, I mean, who can be as holy as God is holy? Huh? He said, I didn't. Be ye holy as I am holy. Is there any sin in God? Mm -mm. I used to think, and he expects us. With all this stuff that's going on down here, he expects us to be like him. He created us like him. We defiled it. Okay, we got old enough to defile it. But we're going to once again possess all that God is. We're going to do that. Excites me. I hope it excites you, all right? Now, as I said, too many people believe that when we receive salvation, the Holy Ghost, that, you know, that was the end of the matter. But, uh, and, and the lasting evidence of this whole purging process is that we will be producing the right fruit. Okay? Go to John 15.1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch of me that, that, that beareth not fruit, it, he taketh away. Now, what's he saying? Every branch of me that's not holy or righteous, 
he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, okay, that it may bring forth more fruit. Okay, purges it. We just talked about that, didn't we? Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That's the only way that we're clean. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me. And, and I always say that the, uh, the, the meaning of that word, the Greek of that word, is remain attached to. So he that remain attached to me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... Ye can do nothing. Now, does that explain to you why most of you pray and nothing happens? Absolutely it does. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire. There's fire again. And they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, wouldn't you love to live in that seventh verse? Hmm? I do. Did I? Wasn't even close. All I could do is read that. And I, and I would think, I'd stop and I'd think, I'd think, wait a minute, this thing is not working for me like that. Oh, I'm going to tell you what, if, if God answered one out of a hundred prayers, I'd had a big, I'd had a big month. And, it wasn't, and I kept wondering why. Pre-adventure God's a liar. God forbid. How could that? Why would he put that in there? Because he means it. But again, he's got rules, doesn't he? The rule is real simple, okay? You're going to have to get yourself put together and live fully by my word, not just part-time. had a friend one time come to me, and long before I was uh, in the ministry, just going to church, and he said, yeah, you know, you know, he said, brother, he said, you're going to church all the time. Yeah. He said, I'm telling you. He said, every time I stop by, you're in church. Ah, pretty well. Pretty well. He said, hey, now there's a church right next door to me. Okay. The old country church. Got about 20 people that comes to it. And he said, I tend right over there. And he said, an hour makes me good for the whole week. Huh? Once you come over here, you don't got to go an hour and not have to worry about it. You're spending all your time in church. He didn't understand, did he? No. And that, that, that's uh, likened to the church in itself. Now, when he said, and, and he will, it, will, it shall be done unto you, herein is my, my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now, when the, when the Scriptures tells us that the, the prophet is coming, Elijah, to restore all things, this is a, one of the things he's going to restore. We are going to be producing not just every once in a while fruit, maybe a piece of, the, you know, of what we know to be the fruit. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. No, all of it. We're going to produce all the fruit. Now, that is another real, real good guideline for you to follow. When you go home sometime here in the, you know, this week, sit down, go through the fruit, okay? You might write them down and then go next to it, to each fruit, and bless God, uh, uh, let's see, am I producing this all the time? Yes or no? You're going to have many more. And, and, and let's put it this way. You'll be fortunate if you have one yes. Start working on that. And ask the Lord, every time, Lord, that I have the opportunity to produce any of this fruit, bless God, somehow just give me a little nudge. Help me, Lord, that I can be a fruit producer. Because, again, that's where we're coming to. Again, that's what's going to lead us into holiness. Okay? That's going to lead us. Let's go on. Jeremiah 1.9. Jeremiah 1.9. And it says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Now, this is Jeremiah speaking. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. I remember when the angel came and touched me like that. 
It, did that change things immediately? Yes, it did in that case. That's where I started going to. It was after I started in the ministry. It wasn't before. That's when I'd be preaching like I am now, and all of a sudden, I, behind me would come this voice. Well, you just quote Jeremiah with what, 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 and what. And, bless God, I'd, I'd say, turn to Jeremiah, whatever it might have been. It might not have been Jeremiah. And I'd read it, and I'd go, where did that come from? Huh? And then the angel would say, now, tell them this about that. And see, that's still what goes on today. That, that's the reason, folks, that the revelation knowledge. Donna told me, I, I did this particular message back in the early 90s, okay? Uh-huh. You're hearing something that, bless God, that, uh, but you know what Donna told me? She said, I'm going to dig that out and listen, because she said, it's nothing like what you did then. Nothing like that. She didn't even close to what you did then. I know, I remember. But see, the anointing gives you what you need now. I, I could probably, in uh, uh, on two or three quarterlies from now, could probably go back and do anything that I have done, and at some certain point in time within that, all of a sudden, the angel would say, say this, do that, okay? Because that's what revelation knowledge is. When the anointing of God begins to move and to work in that way as it does into me, it's never just the same old, same old. I may use the same scriptures, but the anointing changes. You know why? Because the needs of the people change. God is here to meet your needs, okay? And he's going to do that. And, and, and you know, one of the things I used to always say, it's phenomenal how that people that come, and some of you that have come for the first time, have questions, and, and how the people for years have come up and said, you know, I had questions, and you answered every one of them. What's that about? Tell them this, that voice. Tell them this. I, you know, like I said, I, I really wish I could take, I, I wish I could take some kind of thank you for being so smart, but nah, you don't have to be smart to do what I do. You've got to be obedient. You've got to be clean. The rest of it God will take care of. Now, how many would like to be that way? Come on, get your hand up there. If you didn't put your hand up, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> and let me tell you something, folks. We are the generation upon whom the ends are written. We are forming a nation. Don't look too much like a nation to me, prophet. It will be. Sure looks better than the 30 people that started, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah. We are creating a nation that will be run by this book. Not, not bless God, by some government that sometimes goes to synagogue and most of the time just can't get around to it. All right? Now, he see, said in the 10th verse, said, See, I have this day set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. That's what we do as prophets. Every bit of that. I've always said most people never stayed around long enough when they got through all the throw down, tear down, destroying all that to be what? To, for me to be able to build and to plant. They're gone. I'm going, wait a minute. I haven't got to the good part yet. Okay? Hallelujah. Unity will be restored. And you know I'm seeing that. Like I said, I, I can hear sitting back there where I sit. I, I can hear the excitement in your voices. And let me tell you something, that just that touches my heart beyond anything I, you can imagine. Because we didn't come here to argue. We didn't come here to judge. We come here to love one another. Some of you people that may not be quite as lovely as some of the rest of us, let me tell you something, you are lovelier when you're here. Say amen. 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 Let's go to Psalms 133.1. Psalms 133.1. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm glad. I'm so glad that I'm part of you. Amen. 33-133-1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There it is, isn't it? How good and how pleasant it is. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts on his garment. 
Ask the dew of Hermon, and ask the dew that descendeth upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commandeth the blessing, even life forevermore. That's what God is. Now turn with me to Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you, if two of you, say two, two. on this, on earth, as touching anything, say anything, anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. How many of you have been in Pentecostal charismatic services where that was was dwelled upon and, and everybody got excited, huh? And and in Pentecostal church they, they, they you know, they'll get to running and they'll say, The Lord put a run on me. Oh yeah. I can write books, folks. Absolute books. The Lord put a run on me, Brother Deckard. I said, Really? You ran well. Okay. <laughs> and there was times that they danced all over the church. There's nothing wrong with dancing. And there's nothing wrong with running either. I suppose you don't run over anybody. And, and, and bless God, praising the Lord God, and which is all good, and it's all right. But the problem with that was nobody ever dared to go back to the pastor and say, Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I, you know, the two of us agreed. And I can remember... I'd call somebody and say, we need, we need to, I got a phone call, we need to go over and pray for brother such and such. Where two or three, or two or more are gathered, or three, no, it was three, in, in his name, okay? In his name, there I am in the midst of them. And if, in fact, that happens, what is it? The Lord said, we can ask anything, and it will be done unto us. We would go far up and go over there ready to ompt on you, to hang the moon. We prayed. And we prayed, and nothing ever happened. I don't, know, I don't know of anybody that can say, now, I'm not saying that things don't happen. That person's faith, as I've explained to you thoroughly, has a lot to do with it, and it does. Um, when anointing is as strong as mine, there, you know, there's times I've said, hey, you know, let's don't worry about your faith. Let's just let the faith that's in this prophet let anointing come forth and, and break the yoke. And, but, but at that time, but see... The church didn't realize, now listen, it ain't working. It's not working. Pre-adventure this God we're serving here, this is all a lie. Or pre-adventure it happens to a very selected few. No. No, he, he said again, uh, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching how many? Anything. Didn't specify, well, only uh, if you two or three agree, and, and bless God that that you quit chewing and blowing bubbles with bubble gum? No, it didn't say that. Okay, anything that they shall ask, anything that you ask. Now, why did the angel have to come and tell me that the Lord God would honor what I spoke? Because that spirit of doubt and unbelief had to be cleansed. Okay? Because, see, I, I, I didn't know that really worked. I'm going, well... It works sometimes, you know, and every once in a while, like I said, you'll pray and you'll get lucky. It's not God, it's you just get lucky. Let's go to Ephesians 4.1. Ephesians 4.1. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Shame Allah, but there
Thank <laughs> you. 